Good afternoon. Uh, this is uh, Sergeant First Class Voss, uh, CMF 91, uh, Talent Management NCO. Um, Sergeant Tucker? Uh, Sergeant First Class Tucker, 89 Delta, Talent Management NCO. So this is our uh, second episode of the HRC Enlisted Orange Branch podcast. Uh, the, the first one, we kind of did an introduction, kind of talked uh, about what the intent was, how we were hoping to have a little more conversational, just a more relaxed way to get the information across. Uh, so we are always looking for feedback, any ways we can change the, the setup, uh, any of the formatting things that make it more accessible or make it more useful and uh, entertaining and informative is kind of what we're going for. The, uh, today we're going to focus in on the enlisted manning cycle. So a lot of the questions that we get are related to the assignment process and enlisted manning cycle. So we made a list of uh, key points that we want to talk about and just kind of go over in a kind of a conversational way. Yeah, uh, you know, when it comes to the enlisted manning cycle, I mean, even though it's been around for a little bit now, I think a lot of people are still confused on it. There's still a lot of NCOs. This is their first time getting into it. You know, even, mm. even you know, a lot of senior NCOs who, who have been used to the old way of doing it, you know, now have this mandatory, you have to participate in the manning cycle, um, and they just really don't understand it. Um, and I mean, anybody going into anything new, you know, we change, we got to adapt. Hmm. Um, well, kind of like you said, uh, a lot of people haven't gone into it before. If you've, you know, piece of guessing because you've been on station for two, three, four years, however long you've been on station, then this, a lot of people, it's still their first time because yeah. it started while they were already PCS. Yeah. So uh, the first thing I want to look at is kind of backing up to a bigger picture look at it. And so as far as the like assignment process goes, we have the enlisted manning cycle and there's four of those a year. Uh, they're not exactly tied quite to the quarters. Some of the dates are a little off. Always check the calendar to make sure you know when the cycles are happening. But generally it follows the quarters and that makes it a little easier to keep in your head. But the assignment process, it's all going to start from a readiness side point. And so like when you go back and you look at the, uh, the unit manning authorizations, they come from like the, uh, a TDA or from an MTO, you know, that manning document is going to say what you're authorized in the unit. Now, it goes from that original document that establishes what the strength should be, and then we look at the active component manning guidance, because in some MOSs you're going to have situations where you're short. Mm -hmm. I'm sure with the 91 series you guys have some that are at better strengths than others. Yeah, I mean we're always short on the, the, plat the platform specific guys, you know, they're always hurting. Mm -hmm. um, and, and really now with the manning cycle, you know, we really can't fill those units outside of, outside of that. So. Uh, you know, some units, you know, they reach out and, you know, if they're depending on the guidance that, you know, they have, whether they're a, a CAD A, B, or C, you know, they yeah. say, hey, I'm short. Well, you, if you contact me now and we look at it, and again, you know, at our level, we don't control what goes into the market. But we've got yeah, that's for the readiness side. Yeah. And, and so the reason I bring that up is because, like, uh, the active component manning guidance, the, the categories that he was talking about, where that goes into is what we call targets. And so, say... Uh, like my numbers are easy when I'm looking at master sergeants because there's a hundred authorizations. So it works out pretty easy. Yeah. Nice round number to work mm -hmm. with. Uh, if we're only at 90%, that means I only have 90 master sergeants to work with. That means 10 units are going to get shorted. But we've got to figure out where that's going to happen. So as the numbers get bigger and bigger, as you look at bigger populations, that's where that, those categories of Alpha, Bravo, Charlie, which manning category the unit's in is going to figure out how we spread that peanut butter. And so it may be a question of uh, your authorized eight staff sergeants at this particular MOS. But because of where you're at in the manning categories, the whole army doesn't have enough to fill all those authorizations. So everybody's got to take a little hit. So you might only get six as opposed to the authorized eight. So there's the authorization and then the targets. The targets is based on the inventory we have. Mm -hmm. What can we actually get accomplished? That's going to go to the folks over at uh, the readiness division. And they're the ones that build the requisitions. And make sure those are in the system for us to align soldiers to. So they work with the spaces, we work with the faces. Yep. And that's kind of how that process starts. Now where this ties into the enlisted manning cycle is that those are put in for a specific time at windows. Those windows line up with the soldiers based on what their timelines are. So those requisitions have a specific date on when they need to get filled. And then the soldiers have a specific time on when they're going to the market. Yep. And that's kind of what you were talking about with the uh, 
the the soldier side of the market. Yeah, I think I think when it comes to those requisitions of what's available, like the preferences that you get, uh, a lot of people reach out and they say, "Hey, what's going to be in the next market?" I mean, we don't know. We don't know what's going to be in the, in the next market. Mm. That, like you said, it's all on readiness division. Um, and so, you know, I always have to tell people, say, hey, um, you know, we're going to have to wait until the market comes, you know, market opens. Once the market opens, we can see what's in there. Um, but prior to that, we at Ordnance Branch can't see that. And I think that's, that's a, big, uh, a big point um, that people don't understand. Um, yeah, there's there's a pretty long calendar associated with all this. Like this, yep. it's, it's on a it's on a time frame, of that you know the EMC is going to start at this point. Readiness is going to have the numbers they need to meet at this point. Then they start building the market. Then the soldiers are going to go into the market. But even the market itself, uh, it can feel. I, I know when you know the market's coming. A lot of soldiers reach out asking that exact question: What's yeah. going to be in there? And it's like. Yeah. I know you're impatient. <laughs> I, I, I get it. You're trying to figure out where your family's going to be. That's important. Mm -hmm. I absolutely understand. Uh, but that's one of the reasons the market's so long. You know, the market is six weeks long. Yep. And so if you're not able to preference that first day, it happens. You've got time to look at it, uh, look at all those assignments that are in there, screenshot it, you know, do whatever. Take that list and talk to your NCO support channel. Go show it to your uh, significant other. Show it to family members. Talk, talk to your battle buddies. Find out what good information you can find about, because you got six weeks. And so you've got some time in there prior to the market closing. Yeah. Uh, so when it comes to EMCs, like currently we're in EMC 2304, uh, <clears throat> and EMCs are essentially a pool of YMAVs that they cover, almost like a, like a corner of, of, yeah, yeah. of a, uh, usually, like say 2304, is you're going to have a report if you participate in EMC 2304 you're going to have report dates anywhere from September to November of 2023 so realistically they're happening you see your YMAV you should be preparing about a year prior to be entering that market or have an idea you know if you, if you haven't looked at an actual EMC calendar you can look at your YMAV and you can anticipate uh, based on your YMAV Mm -hmm. what market you'll be going into, like I said, if you haven't seen the calendar. And sometimes that calendar changes left or right depending on requirements and whatnot. That, that's actually a really good point about that calendar. Because uh, like we are saying, it all, the, the marketplace fits into an EMC. So the EMC is like that whole quarter. So anybody that's moving during that whole time frame is part of that EMC. And the marketplace is just one piece of that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just like a, a, a terminology issue that some folks have is they'll, the market and the EMC the market's part of the EMC, but the whole EMC is also going to include uh, soldiers graduating AIT. It's yep. also going to include uh, nominative branch actions. It's mm -hmm. also going to include uh, drill sergeant selects. You're going to have your recruiters, all these different, anybody that moves in that time frame. If they're listed and they're moving, it's going to be in the EMC. The marketplace is just one chunk of that. But to, to get to your point about the, the calendar, uh, if you guys reach out and either ask us, email, on Teams, however you can get a hold of us and ask about that calendar, uh, we can provide that to you because being able to plan off your YMAF, like a certain boss was suggesting, is hugely important. It's, it's, a, it's beneficial to you and your unit because that gives you a date that's predictable. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know that my recommendation to make to a lot of leaders is that if you're in a leadership position, you have soldiers that are NCOs that have YMAFs, Put that in your leader book. If you've got a leader book that's got like a you know, the the three days on NCOER, how many children they have, what's their anniversary, like all that kind of data, soldier data. Yeah, here's their YMAV. Put that YMAV in yep. there, because uh, then you can plan ahead on like, I see you're supposed to move when we have an NTC rotation, or hey, we got a deployment coming up. This soldier moves before then or after then. Like you can make those adjustments mm -hmm. before, and that's a that's a critical part about managing the YMAVs and knowing what yeah. time. I mean that, and both for the the soldier and CEO and leader, is too many times, and I'm sure you've seen it with the 89s. <laughs> I know, especially with the 91s, as many people I got, uh, both I have NCOs and their leadership surprised, like, oh, his YMAV is this. Why isn't this marketplace? Well, I mean, you know, had you reached out, or or you know. Uh, you know, if you, if you don't know, you don't know. You know, the squeaky wheel gets greased. Just ask uh, if you don't know. Yeah, like you said, a lot of people are new to it. And yeah. so they know they have a YMAB, but they think the market's going to happen then. Yeah. And, the YMAB uh, is the report date, not the market. Like, 
Yeah, and they're like, oh, this NCO is in this market, but I was going to keep him. Well, I mean, had that, had you paid attention to your YMAV and, and known that your manning cycle was coming up, uh, you know, we could have, you, know, you could have caught that prior and stabilized them. But now that they're in the market, you know, there's, you know, uh, if there wasn't an action put in place 45 days, 45 days prior to the opening of that market, realistically, it's like, hey, you're going to participate in the market and you're going to PCS to the, you know, to wherever you're slated to go. Um, the action is a big piece. Uh, again, I think with the surprise of people getting put into to markets, manning cycles, you know, maybe they just didn't have a clear idea of their YMAP or if their YMAP changed, you know, that does happen as well. Um, if it is their intent or your intent, that soldier, that leader, uh, if they want to stay where they're at uh, or process any action that could affect them being a part of that marketplace, uh, 45 days prior to the marketing open is the no later than date. Um, I mean, of course, you know, we still get, stuff happens. Uh, we still get actions coming in after that. Now, we don't necessarily, I mean, we can return it without action if we don't, if, you know, if we deem yeah. so. It's, it's, it's simple, if you send it up, we're going to consider it. We're going to at least look about it, at least look at it and have a conversation. But uh, the analogy I've made before is it's a bit like trying to find somebody to fill staff duty for you. Mm -hmm. if, you're, if you're doing it like a month out, it's a lot easier to figure out. It's a lot, to, a lot more time to, to solve the problem because something's got to adjust. Yeah. Uh, whereas if you're trying to fill day prior to find somebody to take that shift, that's a, that's a lot harder to do. So the, the, I'm glad you mentioned the 45 days because that, that's a specific mark. Uh, that's why the assignment managers usually send out those pre-market emails letting mm -hmm. you know like, hey, you're expected to be in this market. Please update your EFMP if that's a concern. Uh, if, if you have anything like that you need to do, things you're trying to volunteer for, nominative assignments you're trying to reach out at, it, whatever uh, career decision and life planning you've got going on, here's a heads up because if you're going to drop one of those 4187s for a, a stabilization or anything, now's the time. Don't wait till, till you get locked in there. Yeah, uh, I think a, a trend I've seen recently, of course, like there's a lot of reasons for people to, to set up actions after the fact, after they're already set for in the market. Mm. Uh, but I don't know what it is within CMF 91 specifically, and I don't, I, I can't imagine you've seen it in the 89 Delta world, but uh, we have a lot of people going to SRUs, to soldier recovery units. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, in which, you know, you know, they do an interpost transfer, they go to the SRUs, and they say, hey, you need to be here for two years as a cadre. Well, the problem is happening, and like I said, it is a trend, I don't know what's going on. Uh, I mean, just within the past two manning cycles, I've had 10, which doesn't sound like Man. a lot, but it is. Uh, to where they're not stabilized, they show up to the SRUs, two months later they're in a market, and then guess what? If that 4187 for stabilization comes up after that, after you're already in the market, uh, I haven't seen a single one approved. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point about the uh, the interpost transfers. As uh, regardless of whatever reason you're doing an interpost transfer, mm -hmm. uh, so I've seen it before where we had a guy, you know, uh, picks up rank. Now he's in the wrong grade, yeah, in position. But hey, you made master sergeant. We've got a first sergeant spot for you right over here, and so they'll move him. Makes perfect sense. I understand it. You're utilizing the talent you have. Mm -hmm. Awesome. The uh, the thing that's different though is if you are going through a G1 or local installation to do an interpost transfer, it doesn't reset the YMAP. So exactly, it, does, yeah. it does not reset your time. And a lot of people think, oh, but I changed commands. And it's like, well, you did, but it didn't come to us. And so if we don't do it, then it doesn't set the YMAP. So the recommendation is if you have soldiers or leaders out there that are moving interposed like that, yep. uh, your best bet is to reach out to the career branch and talk to us about it. Because if I see like, hey, you're trying to do what? Hey, that makes sense. I know what you're doing. You're moving from fifth group on Campbell to 71st group on Campbell. Yep. Got it. Those are two different jobs. You're doing two different things, progressing in your career, all solid. If I'm the one that actions that assignment, it resets the YMAF. Yep. If you go through the G1, it's not going to automatically do that. And so exactly. that's, a, that's a really good point. Yeah. And, and if it's, I think if they're not coordinating with us, which a lot of people don't do when it comes to interpost transfer, because the belief that my YMAP is going to, you know, my time is going to restart if I move to this other unit. Yeah, they think they're ducking it. It's yeah. like that's, uh, I mean, if they don't, it's not. you know, if you don't reach out to us and the, the move is already made or we don't support it or whatever the case may be, um, an organizational stabilization or some type of stabilization to keep them in that unit would be the best route for that that organization. Of course, prior to the market. <laughs> yeah, prior to the market. That's, yeah. that's the key is knowing knowing your timelines because yep. staying prior to the market is uh, the, the key to a lot of that. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to the market, uh, preferences, right? So uh, for, I'm, gl I'm glad you're following our little 
<laughs> little notes there because otherwise we we're going to talk about actions all day. <laughs> I know, right? The, uh, when it comes to preferences, right? So in different markets, like say you'll have uh, the 91X-ray market, uh, the 89 Delta market, the 91 Zulu market, 91 Sierra 30 market. Uh, there's different levels. You know, each market is different from each other. And by different, I mean they're going to have different preferences because uh, mm -hmm. they're aimed towards, you know, if you're a 91 Sierra 40, obviously you don't qualify to fill a 91 Charlie 30 spot or whatever the case may be. So it'll be very specific to where can a 91 Sierra 40 be and where is the need for those requisitions. Uh, some, like I said, I say 91 Sierra because I'm a 91 Sierra myself, so I know personally, you know, I think in this recent market they only had maybe five, six options, whereas the 91 X-rays will have over 70 in some cases. Um, and what people do is they'll go through their preferences and they'll be like, here's my favorite ones and I'm going to leave the rest because I don't want to fill out one through 74. But what's happening is, say you pick your top three and you don't fill out the rest, right? So you got your, your number one, your number two, your number three, and then you have 71 more options. Well, those 71 more options just became your number four. And if we fill any of those requisitions, we can say, hey, we gave them their top five. <laughs> now, obviously, it's not like we're intentionally doing that yeah. to, try to try to cheat the soldier, but like that's, that's how it's going to look, and that's the assumption is that like if you don't fill the rest of those out, then they're all of equal value to you. Yep. And to, to really kind of understand how much like the preference is the name of the game when it comes to the, the slating process and how mm -hmm. we figure out... Uh, Who's going to go where? Because we're asking the soldiers. If you think about the way we used to do it with the old EMC uh, when I first got here, was the uh, in the old EMC you essentially had all these requisitions coming from readiness division coming into your pot, mm -hmm. you know, of these available assignments. And the assignment managers and talent management uh, NCOs would try to place fill those assignments that they came in. Well, that almost gave you not quite a first come first serve, but a little bit. Yeah. And to where you could, you could reach out in February and get a very different response than if you had reached out in April mm -hmm. or March. And so like you may even have like, you know, well, in, the, in that example, that like January and March are both in the same quarter. They're both in the same EMC. But you have very different responses if there happens to be a lot of instructor recs that all get filled in January because you have so many volunteers. Comes around in March timeframe, well, you didn't call me soon enough, so I don't have any left. And yeah. so it's, yeah. it was hard to communicate that to the field of when we had those pockets of assignments coming in. And so the idea of the marketplace was really like, all right, what if we just took all the assignments that would happen that quarter, out of all the Joes that were going to PCS in that quarter, and we'll just put all that stack of assignments in a room and we'll all just put dibs on it. Yeah. And so that's kind of like where the preference concept came from. If rather than being like, oh, well, he and I have pretty similar move cycles, but I didn't get that one because I called in February instead of January. Like, yeah. How would I know to call in January? So this like puts it all in one lump so that everybody can have like a fair shot at saying what they want. The, uh, so that's kind of where the preference concept comes from. Everybody goes in there and makes their preferences. And then there's a lot of like misconceptions about how that deck is shuffled, like where those results come from. And it's kind of tricky to explain, but really the, the preference is going to be the number one money maker in there. Like that's going to be the thing that has the most influence. It's not necessarily a competition of like, oh, my OML's better, so that means I'm going to beat him and he's not going to get the assignment he wants, I'm going to get it. Yeah. It doesn't really work like OML's taken into as a factor, but it's not like a competition. But yeah, I had an individual who was was kind of a, uh, upset that we weren't utilizing OML's to fill a very popular location. Hmm. Um <clears throat> But you know, when it comes down to uh, the special considerations uh, for individuals, you know, if you have you have a, a, a location that is very popular, and everybody preferences that number one location, uh, I think there's a very there's a very slim chance that you know, obviously, not everybody can have their number one. Um, you know, especially like say for the the ninety ones is always it's always for some reason it's always either Fort Lee or somewhere in Florida. Hmm. Right, those are those are like the the most popular ones. Yeah, either career progression or nice location. Like those are the yeah. two things most yeah, people are nice after. location as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if everybody's putting Fort Lee as their number one, uh, you know, not everybody's going to get that. 
and, and what we mm. first must consider before we talk about OMLs, right? Because I think that was, I, I think when the OMLs were fielded, I don't want to say fielded, but... Uh, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of people said, you know, this is going to involve schools, this is going to involve assignments, and it does yeah. involve assignments, but I think a lot of folks get a little misled on how. Yeah. And so th they'll think that it gives them an edge to compete in the marketplace, whereas that's not where it cuts. That's not where it's in involved. Like, it's involved in the market process, but it's actually earlier than you start. Mm -hmm. Like, when, once the soldier's making preference, OML's really already been accounted for because there are certain circumstances, if you have a really, really high OML, that it, like, say you're a starting first class and your OML is number five, and you can go on HRC's promotion projections thing and it says there's 20 projected promotions to master sergeant in the next year, why on earth would I put this guy on assignment to an E7 location? Like, yeah. I know in the next year he's going to pick up. Why would I do that? Right. So that soldier will actually get a different marketplace. Like that's how the OML comes into play. It's because they won't get that, that spot in Florida for an E7 because, bro, you're not going to be an E7 in three months. Like, yeah, you're going to you're, pick up. Like, you're you you're going to be a part of that. Not, you yeah. know, if you're a 91 X-ray, you'll be a part of that 91 Zulu market. Yeah. And then uh, also it kind of... Uh, there was a concern when they started talking about marketplaces. It actually came up when they first started the officer with the AIM-2 marketplace. Mm -hmm. When they first started looking at it, they were worried, does this mean desirable locations are going to get all the top performers? Yeah. And the less desirable places are going to get the, the less competitive individuals. Exactly. Like, yeah. are, are you going to end up with like, this unit's great because the scenery's great and yeah. like everybody wants to go there. And, and so what they, what they determined is a lot of times the, the randomness of folks' personal preferences actually alleviated a lot of those problems. And so the, the preference really does make the, the number one influence on what happens in the slating process. Yeah. The, uh, and I don't know, I, I, so many people have talked about it, it was actually a first sergeant that had, uh, had talked about it recently that uh, they were given, a, they were part of a brief, a manning cycle brief, not by us, but by somebody mm -hmm. who, uh, who, who gave them tips and tricks uh, to try to, to better their uh, chances of getting uh, one of their number one, two, or three options. Uh, but there is, there is no algorithm and there is no secret uh, to it. Uh, you know, and, I, and like I said, it's, it, it keeps getting talked about, uh, not only on Facebook forums, but, uh, you know, here in HRC, <clears throat> uh, people that we've interacted with, <clears throat> excuse me, who ask, what's the secret? There is yeah. no secret. Yeah, because I've heard a number of them like uh, yeah. doing it in reverse order because the army's just trying to get you anyway. So whatever you put as your worst idea is what they'll take. Yeah, like, that's, I'm a, that's I'm a, a terrible idea, man. I, I've actually two people in the past couple weeks have said I put my number one as my bottom because I heard there's an algorithm. It's like that is not how that, that's that a, works. It's a gross misunderstanding of how it works. Very. I've, I've heard people also say like, well, I'll put my number one as my number two. Because if I don't get my number one, I win. It's like, yeah. that's, that's still not winning. Like, the Army is actually giving a moment for you to give your two cents. Mm -hmm. They're actually asking your opinion. <clears throat> yeah. Give it. Be honest with your opinion because the, the way that's going to work is, now, he, he mentioned the, the, the bad word, algorithm. The, uh, it's, it's funny because for, like, for a couple months it was like a buzzword. Everybody mm -hmm. was saying it. Everybody was all over it. Like, ooh, it sounds so high speed. Yeah, the science. algorithm. I got to figure it out. And then, uh, and then it became a bad word. It became like a... A pariah, like no, you don't say algorithm, like don't like because people were taking it way too far to understand what it means. Yeah, it was it was just part of the the slating process, and so to like understand the slating process, it's it's multiple steps. So kind of like the analogy I made earlier of a bunch of folks standing around like throwing dibs on like I like that assignment, I like that one. What about you, man? What do you like this one? <clears throat> and I might say like I really want this one. And you're like I really want that one, and it's good for the career and like personally. Like, and I was like okay. I didn't really like that one that much. Yeah. For you, man, you go ahead and take that one. I like this one too. So I'm 50-50. I'm and so it would almost be like, how would you do that? Like, you know, buddy to buddy, like peer conversation? That's pretty easy. And in fact, one of my first markets, uh, we only had five master sergeants in the same market. And those jokers all called each other. <laughs> yeah. They got on the phone and called each other and like talked it out and they all number one different places and everybody got their number one. Yeah, I mean, it's... So it's in theory, it could happen. But the problem is... When you have 50 people in the market, a lot of those folks are number one in the same place. And so we've got to figure out who's going to get it, how do we cut that, how do we slice that. Exactly. And, and where that's going to come down is like, it's, it's a process of looking at the outcomes. And so like, for example, if you and I are in the same marketplace uh, and we both number one 
you know, some Tahiti, yep. you know, some, some hot spot on the beach that we mm -hmm. think is awesome. We build number one that. Well, obviously, both of us can't get the one slot, so it's going to look at our number twos. What's your number two? Well, your number two is the other beach vacation hotspot. My number two is Fort Polk because I like gumbo. But whatever, whatever reason, I've got something different. It goes, ooh, Fort Polk's a little easier to fill because it's not going to be as high on the priority list. Right. Like, uh, not priority list, popularity list. Not right. as many people are number one and twoing that one. Mm -hmm. And so it's going to try to figure out, it's like, I know Fort Polk's Tucker's number two, but it's Voss's number 13. And it's Smith's number 12. And it's Jenkins' is number 85. He hates it. If I take it as number two, that's the best result I can give for the overall market. Because then it can get you your number one. And this guy can get his number two. This guy can get his three. And so the idea is like we're looking at the different outcomes to see what's the outcome that gets everybody as high a preference as possible. Mm -hmm. Now that's a lot of numbers and that's a lot of trial and error and going back and forth and trying over and over and over. And you can do it manually on an Excel spreadsheet and it will melt your brain and it's terrible and awful. Yeah. But running a bunch of like simulations or running a bunch of examples and doing those kind of calculations is exactly what a computer's good at. Yeah. So that's where the algorithm comes in. It just runs all those possibilities for us to show us mathematically the happiest outcome. So that's where a lot of the buzzword and talk of algorithm gives you assignment, algorithm does this, and it's like, algorithm just starts the day. Yep. Algorithm is just the rough draft that gives me an output that I can look at and say like, okay, now let's get to work. And that get to work process is gonna be your talent management and your assignment manager going through and putting that human factor on it and going through and actually finalizing these assignments. Like I said, that's more of just a rough draft to show us, hey, this is mathematically what the computer thinks is the happy answer. And then we go through and go like, that's not a good answer because that soldier can't go to that position because they're not qualified. Yep. That soldier can't go to this position or this position has specific screening criteria that I have to screen for. And so like, that's where uh, the, that individual scrub is gonna come through and that's where talent management looking after soldiers, the people first initiative, all those kind of things are coming into play during that time frame. Yeah. Uh, also looking at, is EFMP available for these yeah, locations? Exactly. You know, because the, the, the EFMP screening is a completely different program that we utilize. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's not like the market can see that. So if the market slates an individual, it, it may work in their favor because if, if the market, you know, if they auto slate to Fort Polk, Right, was their mm -hmm. best possible outcome is that that's going to be their, their number 12, hypothetically. But EFMP was denied for that location. But EFMP was approved for their number three location. Then, of course, that's where we come in and we say, okay, this isn't going to work. We have to move this individual, put them in their number three, and then go from there. And also uh, coordinating with other branches if somebody's MACP. Yeah. So if you got married soldiers uh, trying to make sure that they have the opportunity for a joint domicile, yep. you, know, you got to reach out to them and find out what marketplace are they in? Are these two soldiers in the same marketplace? If they are, cool, have them both preference, have them cross-check their list together, and then if the results work, they work. If they don't and you have, you know, one, one NCO getting slated to Fort Lee, the other one getting slated to Fort Irwin, well, that doesn't work. Now we're going to coordinate with that career branch and make sure that, you know, we find the, the, the assignment that fits. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned EFMP because the other recommendation for folks is if you are an NCO with uh, EFMP family members, uh, try to get your preferences in as early as possible. You know, because once you put your preferences in, that allows us to submit those checks to see yep. does the EFMP care that you specifically need, is it supported at that location? And so we can do that during the market because like I said earlier, it's a long market, it's six weeks long. We can start that like week one, week two, start that screening then that way, at the end of the market, there's not a delay where you're sitting there wondering, why is everybody else getting assignments and I don't? Like, what's yeah. going on? I haven't got mine yet. I haven't heard of what's, what's happening. We've already screened, checked, found the happy spot that you're going to go, you know, figured it out, and that way you can get the assignment on time with everybody else. Yeah, so. and, and I'm glad you mentioned that because, again, you, you glad I mentioned EFMP. I'm glad that you mentioned the timeline <laughs> uh, because what some people do is, I don't know why, uh, you know, some people, they know they're in the market, they know they have preferences, but they want to wait, right? And in some cases, it might work out in their favor because there are such things as throughout the market, readiness may put another available assignment into the marketplace for somebody to look at, uh, or they may take something out. Um, but 
the EFMPs, with a new EFMP system, I don't know why, but it seems uh, to take much longer than the older EFMP system uh, for results to come back. Uh, and so, I mean, I've seen them take up to two weeks in some cases, so. Well, that, that's a mixed bag. Uh, yeah. I, I think it also, you're a little bit biased based on when you got here. <laughs> yeah. Because I know yeah. having, having worked here for a while, <laughs> yeah. the, the uh, two weeks was actually the standard. Yeah. When I first got here, two weeks was a standard in one month for uh, Oconus. Oh, goodness. And I had seen them go over that plenty of times. And it's, it's not that the people in that office aren't working hard. They are. That's oh, just absolutely. a lot of information to check. Yeah. The new uh, web-based system, the Enterprise EFMP, yep. is much faster. But because it's faster, we can use it with the market, which is what leads to those like two weeks' times that you were talking about. Yeah. Is that yeah. like... We're checking multiple assignments to make sure that you're, because we don't know which one in the market you're going to. Exactly. We got to check like your your top ten. Like we're looking at all of them mm -hmm. to see which ones would be feasible because your top ten, half of them might not even provide the services you need. Right. And so it's. Uh, and I think another thing worth mentioning is, you know, outside of VFMP, outside of MACP and other special considerations, is people with assignment preference. So mm -hmm. an individual yeah. coming out of Fort Irwin, uh, you know, as an OCE, they get their number one preference. Uh, people coming out of SFAB, you know, if, if they're uh, a plank holder, uh, they get one of their top three. I mean, if they're not a plank holder, even coming out of SFAB, they get one of their top five. Uh, you know, and that's something that we have to honor. And so, you know, if, if there's only, you know, one uh, Eglin Air Force Base available, uh, and you have somebody coming out of Fort Irwin, and they preference that as their number one, well, guess what? They're going to be the one to get that. Um, yeah, I mean, they've, within, they've, they've I mean, got that tool in their pocket. You know, yeah. they, uh, it's a it's a deal the army made with them. Like, yep. hey, you go take that assignment. We'll give you that preferential treatment coming out to take care of you because you're going to take care of something that we need, you know, solid volunteers for. Mm -hmm. So that that is another part of the uh, the slating process to figure yep. all those things out. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, I don't. I mean, I mean, when it comes to the to the market, I mean, anything else you want to add? Um, I think communication is a uh, is a key element on this. Uh, one of the things that I saw and saw a little bit of friction uh, feedback from the field was that the assignments you can make in the market don't always align with your professional development model. And so, like, you may have options in the market that might not be the best career move. And I know some folks are like, well, back in the day, the assignment manager would say, no, you need broadening. You're going on a broadening. Mm -hmm. uh, in this case, the, the soldiers can preference. So we gave the power to make choices to the soldier, uh, but to the leaders, I would say, sometimes that gives the soldiers to, the power to make uninformed choices. Yeah. So that's where, as, uh, as the branch and then out there to the leadership, uh, that's our opportunity to mentor, advise, you know, give people some input on what are good career moves, what assignments would be beneficial, or just advice on the, like, what the local area is like. Because uh, some of these installations, uh, if you've never been to them, you might not know what the local community has to offer. Right. And so doing to be able to do that research. So the the recommendation is like one, leaders engage and talk about these duty stations and assignment opportunities. Uh, two, if you're the person in the market, when that market first opens, you know, screenshot that thing and do like I said, you know, go talk to your battle buddy, go talk to your NCO support channel, go talk to the friends, family, just whoever, like, hey you ever I was looking at this assignment. This job sounds pretty cool. This position, you know, like I've never worked in this kind of unit before. What do you know? Uh, find that stuff out because it is six weeks long. So you could actually preference day one, put all your preferences in there, and then two weeks down the road get a chance to talk to an old buddy of yours and to find out that this job that he's working at now is the coolest thing you've ever heard of. And you can go back and adjust your preferences. So you can actually go back in and change your preferences. And uh, so there, there's nothing wrong with that. All the business of sorting out everything is done at the very end so any changes like it's not gonna we're not gonna go back and say like well first you had this and then you changed your mind nope whatever the end result is the end result so yep. if you change your preferences along the way awesome as long as you're staying informed yep. you know, I mean, yeah once the market closes that's what we're going off of you know mm -hmm. uh, I, I think it is a uh, you had mentioned uh, considering broadening and uh, generating assignments right yeah uh, for when it goes in the, when you go into the market you do have like a note right say Consider a possible broadening assignment, generating assignment, operating assignment, right? That is just a suggestion, right? So most of the time, mm -hmm. <clears throat> at least, you know, when I go in and update those, uh, if somebody has not been a recruiter, a drill sergeant, instructor, OCT, anything along those lines, I'm going to say consider a broadening or generating assignment. Now, that does not mean that you have to, 
right? Like, yeah, it, and, it, and, it's it, all, like, and it doesn't influence the game. Yeah, like as far as like, I, I hate saying the game, but you know yeah. what I mean. Like the yeah. results of the marketplace, it, it doesn't really influence it. It's just a professional guidance, just very generic. Uh, if you're looking for more specific information, like, well, I was looking at this assignment, is that considered generating? Feel free to reach out. You know, we are more than willing to have those kind of conversations, advise people on uh, what kind of assignments are good for different uh, experiences and what yeah. builds them. And I think one of the key things I like about the, the marketplace concept of letting people preference outside of the, the normal path is that I don't know your path. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what your career is built around, what you're trying to do with your, uh, with your situation. Uh, so you may have somebody that like intentionally is trying to get experience with certain types of units because that's a career path that leads them to a, a specific kind of warrant packet or yeah. a specific uh, you know, assessment program that they want to, get to do. Or they're just trying to log more resume hours so that when they retire, they have a lot of experience at this kind of job. And so those are things that I don't know what your career path is. Uh, like life was family. Like I, I, t- I talked to a soldier that, in his case, staying at Fort Bliss, uh, operational assignments. We don't yep. have any. We don't have any uh, broadening or generating assignments out of Fort Bliss. Yep. He wanted to stay out there, but it's because his uh, family care plan worked there because he had family who lived in El Paso, so he mm-hmm. had support. So when he needs to go to the field, go to the range or whatever, he's got that local support from family. So his preference was to stay there because with his family situation. If he had PCS somewhere else, his he would probably end his career earlier because right. he didn't have the support. Yeah. So, in that case, he's choosing Fort Bliss. Is that best best for his career? Well, in his case, literally yes, because it's the only one that allows him in good conscience to continue his military career. And exactly. that's a choice that he makes for his family. Mm-hmm. Uh, does that mean he's probably going to be kind of stagnant, being only operational assignments for years and years and years? Maybe. But I've known lots of folks that stayed operational for a long time and still. You know, progressed well as long as you're seeing the performance end. You know, yeah. Um, another note on broadening and generating assignments is if you have those options in your marketplace and you know that you know that you have gotten recently gotten a GOMAR or UCMJ or any type of disqualifier, if you don't have a security clearance, it probably wouldn't be in your best interest to put your top four is all broadening or generating assignments. Mm. Um, you know, I think individuals, if they just don't know, if you don't know if you qualify, you reach out. I mean, that's our job as talent management and CEOs, mm. um, both outside and inside of the market. I'm always screening people. You know, do they qualify? If the assignment managers reach out, say, hey, this person preferenced this, can you screen them and see if they qualify? Um, and if they don't qualify, uh, you know, I, I actually just recently in this market, I was reviewing some people's preferences and uh, there was an NCO who put Instructor number one, uh, ALU instructor number two, recruiter, drill sergeant. You know, that's, those are his top four choices that he put in his market. And I went and screened him, and he didn't qualify for a single one of them. So those are... those are almost, those, like, he, almost like he wasted his, his top yeah, spots. exactly. Like and he then, wasted his draft picks. Right, <laughs> and then, then he's going to, you know, and then it's what's going to happen. And, you know, if, you know, of course, we reach out to him. But if he doesn't give any feedback, he doesn't change those preferences... Well, then he's going to be upset that he got his, well, hey, why didn't I get, you know, I got my number 10. Why? Mm. Or my number 5 or 6. And, and honestly, if you, had re, if, you, if you go back and restack them, uh, taking those ones out, you're probably starting the preference places that aren't as popular. Mm-hmm. And so you probably really got a really good chance of doing it, you know, getting, the, getting your number 1. Right. I, I've seen that a few times where guys uh, will put number 1 at a place that has a low popularity. Like you were talking about the, the popularity, you can see it over there yep. on the corner. But I think a lot of us just know which assignments are usually pretty popular. Like it's pretty pretty well known culturally yeah but if you uh if, if you're number oneing at a place that not a lot of people number one you got a real good shot at getting it because like i said the the goal is to try to get everybody as good an answer as they can and so when we say people first the uh the thing we got to kind of remember is it's all the people not that one nco yeah like we're trying to take care of all the ncos and exactly. so sometimes that means you're gonna have to wait in line a little bit uh because everybody gets a turn and and so if, if you're choosing one of those assignments that's a little lower in popularity, you're probably helping the game. Like you're helping the results be better for everybody else because we can spread that along. Oh, that's your number one? Cool, easy day. Take that one, you get number one. That means these soldiers who don't want it number one, they, they, want that, they don't want that one at all, it's like yeah. number 18, mm-hmm. they're not gonna get it now because you took it. Exactly. And so that's yeah. kind of that shuffle of trying to match people with as high a preference as you can get them. Like, we're trying to get the results of folks get what they want and the Army gets what it needs. 
Like that's the overall goal we're trying to get. Yeah. Um, but you know, with that, you know, even with everything that we talked about here, preference the assignments get, that are available to you as you want them. You know, I, I would never tell mm -hmm. anybody to preference anything different. I would just give them information as, as, as I know it. Say, hey, you don't qualify to be an instructor at Fort Lee. And if they're like, well, I'm going to take my chances. You know, if they want to leave it there. I mean, of course, they're not going to be slated, but they want to leave yeah. it there. That's the number one that's... preference. Hey, go ahead. That's your number one preference. You know, I don't want, I don't, I'm not going to influence you to change anything. Yeah, that, that kind of reminds me of what you were talking about earlier about the, uh, the, the tips and tricks to the game. Yeah, like, there's, there's no magic number of like, oh, whatever you put as your number. Like, I, I had somebody tell me like, hey, everybody I know got their number two. So that's where you want to put the one you really want. It's like, don't do that because you're going to put some crazy thing as number one and, and the, we're going to be so happy to see that crazy number one that like nobody wants that as their number one. You're going for sure, bud. We're, we're thinking we made you happy. We're yeah. thinking we all want win-win. And it's like, no, it's not a win-win. Uh, so your, your best bet is preference according to your actual preference. Yeah. How you game it or how you increase your odds and how you find success in this is being educated on what those spots are and what they mean. Uh, do that research. Uh, especially if you're in a very small career field. Uh, this is one I, I point out to my 89 Deltas pretty often is that like, if you know there's a specific kind of job you need developmentally and you're going to a small isolated unit, uh, like for me, for me it's places like Leonard Wood, Benning, yeah. Irwin, where you've only got one standalone company out there. If like, say you're coming out of an instructor position, you picked up seven while you're there, you need platoon sergeant time. You're looking for platoon sergeant time. You wanna get back operational, get out in the field and be a platoon sergeant. Uh, reach out, use that NCO support channel, or if you know somebody that knows somebody, it's, you know, in those small communities, we usually do. So you can reach out, find out, hey, if I'm trying to, if I'm looking for Irwin, because I've heard they've got a lot of hands-on experience, they get out on that range all the time. So I want to go out there to do my platoon sergeant time. Find out, make sure there's a platoon sergeant spot for you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like find out that's what's available, because you could also find yourself in a situation because the in the market, it doesn't say what the duty position is. It's just going to say what the unit is. So if they're trying to find an ops guy, that could be a rough time if you planned on, hey, I showed up to be a platoon sergeant. And they're like, ooh, we don't have any vacancies at platoon sergeant. We've only got three of those. Yeah. And all three are dudes that just got there. And so, like... So they're S3 now. Yeah, so now you're, now you're in the ops <laughs> section because I don't have a platoon sergeant operational role for you. The, uh, so especially in those small little niche spots, you know, Educate yourself on what's out there so you don't put yourself in a position. Yeah, so re reaching out to those units, uh, finding out, researching, educating yourself on what's the installation like, what's the position like, what are the, what are the opportunities there, uh, as well as knowing those timelines. Because yep. some of these things we see soldiers having difficulty with, it's because they should have dropped a high school stabilization package. Oh. They should have you know, adjusted their YMF prior to getting the market. So really communicating, educating yourself on it, Preference, update your preferences and you'll learn more. As, as the mid, If there's any mid-market injects, you'll get an email saying, hey, a couple of recs were added. Preference again. And so you can do it more than once. It's kind of a pain to go through all of them because you have to do all of them, like yep. your preference again. Mm -hmm. but, but it's worth the five minutes. Like it's worth the effort to put that in there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, that, you know, I mean, I know that we just talked about quite a bit. Um, you know, we're always available to be reached out to and, and we can clarify a couple things. Hopefully mm -hmm. that answered uh, some of the questions out there. Uh, but I do, I do have a, a couple of frequent questions that I get, right? Uh, and I know more specifically for me because I have a lot more people to deal with. Um, but I think you probably get the same questions as well. Uh, actually this is the part that we hope in the future to have more of an interactive thing where folks can like leave comments, leave questions yeah. or uh, like send them in. Uh, I, don't, I don't know, uh, depends on the hosting, how we end up setting this up technologically, but this, this part we would like to get audience participation and feedback. Right. Let, so, let, let us know what you guys are wondering. Yeah, and so like when this video is posted, uh, or however we post it, you know, I think I'm gonna leave the, the say, hey, you have any questions for the next uh, iteration of this? Hey, ask them below. Yeah, if there's a comment section or, uh, just, or send them to an inbox. Yeah. Either way it works. Um, but I know one of, the, one of the questions I get frequently is, hey, I just made my preferences, the market isn't closed yet, but I just came down on a drill sergeant assignment. Uh, I get that quite a bit because, you know, the CMF-91, uh, you, you know, we usually have a pretty big mission uh, for each manning cycle. Uh, and, and the best way to answer that is uh, when it comes to selecting individuals for drill sergeant recruiter or any other nominative assignment for that reason, uh, 
we look at first who's available, who's eligible to move. Do they have enough time mm -hmm. on station? I mean, what's more perfect than the people that are, are about to participate in the market? Uh, so, you know, if you are in the current, you know, EMC 2304 and you came down on a drill sergeant assignment, well, you were being looked at prior to this market even opening. Uh, it just so happened that they, the, the drill branch accepted them uh, and put them on assignment after the fact. So uh, I think with that, though, as well, is, is if you do come down on a drill assignment and your market is open, I would like to tell people to still fill out your preferences because even though, like say you come down on a drill assignment, but something pops up to where they're not eligible, mm -hmm. right? And they remove them from that drill assignment. Well, one of two things is going to happen. Either you're going to stay in that market or you're going to get moved to the next market, right? If you stay in the one, you may as well have your preference. Yeah, and if, you yeah. if you're still in that current market, even though you came on a drill assignment, still make those preferences because... Just in if, case. Yeah, yeah. Just, just in case. I've seen it a handful of times, uh, but I know for some people it's, they came down on drill, uh, they're in the market, but they're like, well, I already came down to drill assignment, I'm not going to fill my preferences. But then they were disqualified, but then they got an assignment based on the market, without but without any preferences. Yeah. Uh, so they were a little upset about that. So if you do come down that's on like a recruiter, twice. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, no yeah. Uh, so if you do come down and drill any nominative assignment, and you're in the marketplace, still fill out your preferences, because we can still go back to see that if, uh, you know, if you are further disqualified. I think the context of that is uh, it, it can be disheartening or a little confusing, misleading if you you feel like you're going to the marketplace and suddenly you get a drill or recruiter assignment. The uh, While that can feel a little back and forth, the, the good part is it's better than what we used to do because before we had these like identified YMABs and like more structure to it, yeah. uh, folks can come down on drill sergeant not expecting to come, become a drill sergeant. Like, so you hear a lot of horror stories from back in the day. Yeah. I don't know how many of them are accidents or how many of them are as bad as the, the stories are, but you hear about like, well, I was just working one day and suddenly boom, next thing I knew I was on assignment and I'm going to you know, become a drill sergeant, I had no idea. Mm. And so at least this, with, by lining it to the markets, because like we talked about the EMC, Marketplace is part of the EMC, but so is the DASR mission. You know, the the, yep. the DA selected recruiters and the drill sergeant missions are part of that EMC. Nominatives are all part of that EMC. So, when that goes through, at least we have a YMAP to base it off of. Like, all right, you were supposed to move next summer. You're still moving next summer for this drill sergeant mission. Yep. You know, like that's where it's still tied to that timeline. So. I, I can see where it can be frustrating if you're expecting one thing and get a different expectation. Yep. But we're still just trying really hard to stick with the, the expectation of the timeline. Is we're like, at least we're sticking to the timeline so you can plan things like high school stabilizations, like when your kid graduate. Yep. Like what, what, what life plans are you making? If we can stick to those dates, we might not be always be able to stick to the locations. We might not always be able to stick to uh, everyone's desires. But if we can give that predictability to the family, that's, you know, much better than what we've been doing in the past. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think an, another question I see frequently is, hey, I'm within a couple of years of retirement. Yep. Uh, I want to stay at Fort Bragg. That's usually where it is. Everybody wants to stay at Fort Bragg. That's where like the a lot of the retirement questions. I want to stay at Fort Bragg, uh, but my market's coming up. What can I do? Yeah, that, that's, a, that's probably one of the most common ones I get, because I, I don't have as much of a drill sergeant mission just because we have a smaller number, mm -hmm. but, I, but I do get a lot of folks that get in a good groove where they're at. Like they either bought a house, they've got uh, career skills programs they're looking at, or local colleges, or whatever, whatever reasons they want to stay where they're at. Uh, so there, there's a couple ways to address that, and it all depends on how close you are to that actual retirement date. So if you're within a year of retiring, then you probably won't come into the market at all. Because one of the things is if you go into the market, uh, you're gonna incur a service remaining obligation. And so we can look at, are you going into the market? Are, are you within a year? Uh, a lot of times, if you're, com can you communicate with the assignment manager? So communicate when you get that email saying, hey, you're going to the market, and be like, hey, I'm dropping a retirement packet. It'd be kind of silly to put me in the market. Okay, when's your packet going up? When are you eligible? Oh, in July. Okay, based on our timeline. Okay, we'll push you one market out, let you drop your retirement packet. Yeah. That way we, we'll hook you up. The, uh, in those cases, sometimes we can do that. Uh, other times, folks are a little further out than that. And so like, if you're within a year and you receive an assignment, you can choose retirement in lieu of PCS. Uh, but that does put you on a timeline that's very specific. Like you yep. will retire at your 20 year then because you already said you're not doing it anymore. Yep. Uh, but some folks want to do like 20 in a month because that works better for their <laughs> whatever you know, scheduling and uh, yep. their, their plan. 
But a lot more common is like the two years out. As the guy that's two years out, you can start your uh, transitions program. Like you can go to your briefing, start your soldier for life transition, uh, but you still might be coming up on that market because you've got enough time left on your contract. Yep. Uh, so there's two, two parts to remember. One, the, the system, to include us, will not assume you're going to retire at 20. We base it on your RCP. And so we're going to assume you're serving to your RCP until you tell us otherwise. So that's why you'll have people go like, why am I at 19 years going into a market? We assume you're going to your RCP. Now you exactly. tell us you're not, we can do something about it. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're not close enough for that, if you're like at that two year window, there's actually, uh, the HRC website has the, the guidelines on it, but you can submit for a special category stabilization. And what that does is allows you to stabilize with the intent of retiring. Like I'm within two years, I'm starting my transition stuff, I'm going to the briefings, learning about the finance, talking to VA, doing all these things. The Drop that 4187, once it gets approved, you'll get a G-code, I think? Yep. It's a G-code? Yep, that's a special yeah, category. Yeah, G-code. So you'll get that G-code put on your AEA, and you won't move. You'll be pulled right out of the market. You won't go into the market. But like everything else we talked about with the soldier actions is uh, do it 45 days prior to the market to make sure you're good to go. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that that sums it up. Again, you know, I'd mentioned there's a lot of information. Uh, feel free to reach out to either of us or, you know, your individual talent management NCO. Uh, you know, if it's a Sarfers Class Murphy um, or a Sarfers Class Johnston. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, reach out to them, ask them questions. We got the answers. We can provide you the calendar of the upcoming Manning Cycles, whether it be for yourself or for your team. Um, but with that, you know, uh, you know, there's another iteration of the, the HRC Enlist and Ordnance Branch uh, podcast. Um, you know, if you have any suggestions, please let us know. Yeah, feedback. Yeah, you give know. us some feedback. If there's, if there's ways to do it better, let us know. The uh, Like Sergeant Voss said, I'll, I'll just echo the same thing, that like any... Any feedback, as well as just questions you have, exactly. uh, always feel free to reach out. It's uh, it's much better to communicate and find out what we're trying to do and try to help soldiers get what they need, get what they're looking for. And uh, I, we can't always make miracles happen, but we'll at least hear you out, let you know that your voice is being heard, and let you know like we can try, we yeah. can we can look at it. Uh, the worst that could happen is we get sold now, yeah. but we'll always we'll always take a chance to see what we can do to help the soldier, or at least provide sound guidance. So yeah. Uh, yeah, but again, thank you for tuning in. Um, you know, Appreciate it. Uh, look forward to you guys tuning in next time. <laughs>